0: Today at, uh, at 11 a.m., just so you have a little heads up, uh, we're going to be ringing the bells, the funeral toll, 21 times. Uh, the governor has asked that all religious institutions at 11 a.m. today, Veterans Day, ring the bells 21 times in honor of those who have died, uh, especially in World War I, and just so you have a heads up <clears throat> why that's going on. It's a strange story Today. From both the Gospel and the first reading, both stories contain widows. Widows in the ancient world were considered probably the most vulnerable. They had nobody to provide for them. They really had nothing, no support. Kind of like those in our society who are weakest. Why? Why should we see this in both stories, this weakness of the widow, because when we focus on these widows, especially the one from the gospel, we begin to see a deep spiritual truth revealed. And it has to do with giving money and the virtue of generosity. And I know that I just preached on the financial, financials of the parish a couple of weeks ago, but I again am going to preach on money. For those of you who are visiting, <clears throat> at least there's got to be one here who is going to say, that's all priests ever do, is ask for money. But we are an institution that relies on the charity and generosity of our people. And in fact, I'm not going to preach on how much you should give, but rather on how you should give it. I mean, if we're honest, the widow doesn't give very much today. Two pennies. Two pennies. And Jesus looks at her and says, she... She has given more than all others. Because the others gave from their surplus wealth. But she, she gave from her poverty. What makes this old widow, actually I shouldn't call her old, she might not have been old in the Old Testament. Widows were young as well. So why does Jesus give her, why did she give so much I should say? when she only put in a few cents. Jesus does not mean that there is more in value. That's for sure. But there is more in love. There is more in self-denial. There is more in sincerity in her gift. And this is the rule, I think, of God. It is every person's duty about how much they give Not to compare, right, with what other people are giving. But to compare it with what he or she has. How much self-denial does the gift cause in the life of the person? And what is the motive by which it is done? God, you guys, does not care how much you give. God does not care how much you give. He doesn't care how much I give. The church doesn't care how much we give. We care about how you give it. And why you give it. And we care about you. And we know that the only safe way to make sure that you stay focused on God rather than your possessions is to have the ability to be detached from them. To be generous with them. How much? I think a safe a safe rule until it hurts just a little. You might think that $100,000 is a big gift, but if somebody has, you know, $100 million, in comparison, that's a relatively small gift. It's like me giving away a dollar. Nobody cheers about that. Jesus is not concerned with the value, but the inner disposition. God doesn't care about the money he cares about you and your freedom. Let me give you an example. <clears throat> I heard this story. Everybody knows who Padre Pio is, right? The great Padre Pio. Now, I love this story because I think we paint the saints on this pedestal that you can't, like, even get to. You know, I heard one time that St. Bernard of Clairvaux was so humble that he, could, he didn't even know the color of the church ceiling. Because he kept his head bowed. All the time. That's just stupid. <laughs> that is. That's dumb. Bernard, of course, he knew the color of his church's ceiling. But sometimes we paint these pictures. Now, I don't want to paint Padre Pio in a bad light. <laughs> but I'm going to kind of. He was an incredible man. One of my favorite saints. But one of the things that Padre Pio could do, many of you know this, is he could read souls. He knew. He knew. He knew your interior disposition. A friend of mine who was a travel agent told me this story. So it's firsthand experience. There was a lady that was coming over and she was coming over to San Giovanni Rotondo, which is where Padre Pio is in Italy. And when she came over, she actually flew her Cadillac over. I shouldn't say flew. She shipped her Cadillac over because she only would drive in Cadillacs. Okay? So she got her car, She was on the way down, and she said, I would like to have a beer. So the guy pulled over. He was chauffeuring the Cadillac. He pulled over. And as he went in, he said, and by the way, it must be tap beer. I refuse to drink it out of the bottle. And so he went in, and he said, I need a tap beer. And the guy said, I don't have tap beer. He said, give me a bottle. And he shook it up, and he dumped it into the... (laughs) And he said, when he got down to the actual church where Padre Pio was... She said, I demand to sit in the front row. If I don't sit in the front row and I don't meet him, I'm not giving my money to help with the hospital because he was building this big children's hospital. And she was slated to give like two or three million dollars to it. And so the guy organized it, made sure she was right in the front row. And as Padre Pio came in, she grabbed him and stopped him and said, Padre Pio, I'm the one that's going to give the millions of dollars to your new hospital. Padre Pio looked at her and he said, Vivia. And he kept going. She turned immediately to her Italian travel agent and said, What did he say? And he said, "Uh, Very nice to meet you. (laughs) But in fact, Padre Pio said, Get away from me. And there was actually another word he added onto there that I don't think is proper for church, but Padre Pio did. He knew the interior disposition of her soul, and he ended up not taking the money. Because he knew that the gift was actually hazardous to her soul. It was feeding something that was wrong in her. And that the most charitable thing that Padre Pio could do was call her out so that maybe she would realize it. Let me give you another example I read this story a couple years ago. Her name was Oseola McCarty. She died around the year 2000 at age 91. She's an African-American woman from Mississippi who earned a living by washing and ironing people's clothes. McCarty was never married and she was in the sixth grade when her parents said, you have to be out of school to take care of your sick mother and help with the laundry business. For the rest of her life, She ironed and washed clothes. She said, all my classmates had gone off and left me, so I didn't go back. I just washed and ironed. She never owned a car. Only towards the end of her life, at the urging of friends and family, did she finally buy an air conditioner for her home. McCarty's arthritis forced her to retire in December of 94 at the age of 86. When she retired, she shocked everybody by leaving $150,000 to the University of Southern Mississippi to set up scholarships for those who are in need. It was all of her savings. She said, I want to help somebody's child go to college. I just want it to go to someone who will appreciate it and learn. I can't do everything, but I can do something to help somebody and I wish I could do more. But this is my favorite line. But what I can do, I will do. That should be the task of charitable giving. What I can do, I will do. But don't kid yourself. We can always give more than we think we can, me included. We buy so much stuff. A couple days ago, I went to Shields and I promise this is a true story. I did. I went to Shields to just pick up one thing for deer hunting. But while I was there, and I was walking through the gun area, I saw a BB gun. And I hearkened back to my teenage years and childhood years, and I thought, I should buy a BB gun. And I'm telling you, if it wasn't for me preaching this homily, I may have bought it. I don't know what I would have done with it. My challenge for you this week, is to look every week at something that you think you want to buy for yourself and then don't buy it and give that money away. Then, then, then you experience freedom. Freedom from possessions, freedom from money. You can give and give and let everybody just have. And here's the funny thing. You become more free. You become more happy. Why? Because this is our call as humans. To give. We are told to take. But our ultimate goal, our ultimate call is to give. To give till it hurts. So that you will truly be free. And I promise you will not be disappointed because God is never outdone in generosity.